Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Convergement America. You know, one of the topics I get asked about a lot in my role in church strengthening revolves around today's topic, that is developing a discipleship pathway. Every pastor knows that it's crucial to create a way for people to grow in their faith, but struggle with a strategy that works. Most churches, in other words, do a good job at helping people with what I would call the basics of their faith, like how to read the Bible, prayer, service, generosity, etc. But then what? How do you create effective pathways that really help people continue in a lifelong journey of spiritual growth? To help us with this, I'm excited to welcome Greg Heinz to the podcast. Greg is lead pastor at Celebration Church in Celebration, Florida. Greg relaunched Celebration 16 years ago after pastoring for 20 years in Hudson, Wisconsin. There's several things I appreciate about Greg. He's one of the best preachers I know. He's passionate about the gospel, passionate about the church, and most importantly, I think he's passionate about seeing people not only come to know Jesus, but to grow deeply in their relationship with Christ and see that multiplied in others. So, Greg, welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for your willingness to share with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Brian. Great to be with you. I'm honored. Yeah, it's great great to have you here. Hey, hey, we like to start out every podcast with our guests sort of giving us a two-minute bio of who they are. So, in two minutes, tell me the Greg Heinz story. Wow. Well, you touched on some of the high points. I... I grew up in an amazing family. I'm the oldest of six kids with a mom and a dad who uh, loved Christ and raised us, I would say, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, raised us well in southern Minnesota. And uh, from there, after four years of Bethel College, uh, I married my junior high sweetheart, Mm -hmm. uh, whom I had led to Christ. And it's our 40th anniversary this week, as a matter of fact. Congratulations. Thank you. After uh, three more years at Bethel Seminary and uh, an apprenticeship under John Piper, we moved 30 miles east, just over the border of Wisconsin, and planted Faith Community Church in Hudson, as you mentioned, with many uh, daughter churches to follow during those 20 years that I was there. After those 20 years, we moved here to Central Florida to help launch what became Vision 360, and in the process, relaunched Celebration Community Church right here across from Disney World, and have been here ever since. Yeah, an amazing and sometimes uh, frustrating place to do ministry. Yeah. We have three children. Our two sons are full-time on staff here at the church. Other people's idea. I'm thrilled at it, but other people recruited my two boys to join staff here. Cool. And then uh, our daughter and husband serve with Pioneers in West Asia. We have seven grandchildren, number eight, due this month, and we hope to be there for the birth in West Asia. Yeah. Um, so that's the quick flyby. I love that's... golf here in Central Florida. I'm part of the Players Club over at Disney, and we won a car on Family Feud once. So Yes, that is your claim to fame. That is so awesome. <laughs> We're talking about discipleship pathway, and uh, I know that discipleship is a big deal for you and, and, and for your church. And, 
and and I think in a way discipleship pathway has become sort of the next buzzword mm-hmm. <laughs> that we talk about all the time. Everybody's talking about it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that we know what we're talking about. And I, I think that's just become true as as well. So when I say to you, when I use that term discipleship pathway, uh, what, what do we mean by that? What 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 do you hear when when I say that? Well, we probably uh, need to do some exegesis of the phrase and begin by uh, asking what is a disciple and then to define disciple as Jesus defines it uh, at the end of Matthew's gospel in the mandate that he gave to us as the church. And there he said, we're supposed to go all throughout the world, make disciples. That's the mandate. And then he defines it as baptizing them in the triune name of God, and teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you. And I would just say that, uh, so that's what discipleship is in its most basic sense. And a pathway would simply be helping people move forward in uh, disciple maturity through their involvement uh, in our church. It strikes me that it's such an easy definition, really. Uh, any, any pastor can give you the definition, uh, and yet we continue to struggle uh, so much. So uh, why, why am I getting asked about this issue so often? What, what do you think is the reason that people are so um, maybe confused or struggling or looking for maybe it's even a silver bullet as it relates yeah. to discipleship pathway? What, what do you think? Why do you think that is? probably say I'm not sure exactly, but perhaps it has to do with this fact that we know that Jesus expects it of us, Mm -hmm. but uh, we're maybe not sure exactly how to do it. Or it it may be the fact that um, we often get distracted by trendy approaches uh, that give people, I would say, probably the way I would put it is these trendy approaches give people spiritual experiences that don't necessarily have much to do with helping them increasingly obey Jesus. Hmm. It might get them to keep coming back to the church or stay in a program, but when you look at the evolution of their faith and their lives, they don't necessarily look more like Jesus now than they did a year or five years ago. And I think we're aware of that. I know as a pastor, I don't want to waste my years. I've been at this for 40 years now, and I'm more aware than ever of the limited time we have. I don't want to have my... uh, ladder up against the wrong tree. Yeah. So I'm guessing others feel that same challenge of making sure we're doing the right things uh, in the way that Christ wants us to. I would I would add two things to that maybe. One is that we want a fast food version of discipleship. Yes. Um, you know, we just how can we do this quickly? We we got a lot of stuff to do. How can we just get people through the through the system as quickly as we can? And the reality is that it, discipleship takes time. Quite frankly, discipleship sort of equals sanctification. I would say, yes. and it's it's this becoming more and more like Jesus. And guess what? Uh, that's going to take our whole lifetime yes. uh, to be about that. So I think that's one piece of it. I think the the other piece. Uh, uh, of it is is that I think people are looking to check boxes um, in their spiritual life, and discipleship really isn't a box to check. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is a lifestyle that you are developing and growing in. Mm-hmm. And so I think number one, this idea that we want a fast food ver- sort of discipleship, and number two, that we want a box checking, <laughs> uh, it makes it very difficult uh, to to sort of get there. 
Um, so we we you, we know you have the right answer, obviously, because you're this mature, been a pastor forever. You've worked out every problem that exists in church. Mm. Um, but in all seriousness, what does discipleship pathway look like at Celebration? How how are you helping people measure if they're actually getting somewhere? Mm. Uh, well, I'll, I'll share what I do know, uh, and this comes out of a really deep conviction. I'm I'm rather old school. Uh, and I would say that it, uh, our discipleship pathway is primarily uh, creating a certain environment in the church that people will experience as they come to us. So it's not so much a linear thing where we check the boxes. It, it really is about uh, a, a certain environment hmm. that grows out of conviction. And that conviction is closely connected, really heavy on the Bible. And I don't take that for granted. I think we are we do live in a day and age of a great pandemic, COVID. I think there's also this pandemic of biblical illiteracy, yeah. even among people who would uh, profess uh, to know the Bible and uh, know Christ. Uh, the, it, there's not always a depth there. And when you go to the scriptures, it's, it tells us that people come to faith by hearing the word of God. And then it tells us, Matthew 4, that, we're supposed to live by every word that comes out of God's mouth. And then Paul promises Timothy that because Scripture is breathed out by God, it is sufficient to, to equip us to do everything that God wants us to do. That's what informs our discipleship pathway. It has, it has to do with more than an intellectual experience, however, because we know the greatest commandment of all is to love God. And so um, there is a, a, a phrase, the way we would define our target. When I say our, I'm talking mainly about our staff and elders. We would say we exist to make more and better disciples of Jesus. And what we mean by that is we're aiming at the target of a love relationship with God through Jesus Christ that is characterized by growing obedience, which comes out of the mandate Christ gave us, but it's an obedience that flows from faith. Remember in Romans 1, Paul said his whole ministry was about creating the obedience of faith among the nations of the world. So it's characterized by growing obedience that flows from faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those are the things we want to emphasize within our environment so that when people do join us, they experience the reality of God in this environment and are called to join us in knowing and loving this God and serving him. So that means it touches on almost everything we do, but, but let me just mention, I think, the, the most important points. One would be expository preaching, that uh, we're big on that. I'm not against thematic and topical preaching, but we want the Bible to set the agenda rather than come to the Bible and say, hey, I need to know this, God, just tell me what I can do in this area because I'm struggling or whatever. We want the Bible to set the agenda. Yeah. And that's why we preach the way we preach and why we preach the God we preach. But that has to be wrapped for us in what we would call uh, affective worship, affectionate worship in mm -hmm. kind of a Jonathan Edwards way. You know, he was big on the affections. Mm -hmm. And we think that uh, when that is emphasized within uh, worship, what happens is people experience the presence of God in a gospel saturated, Christ-centered, uh, passionately expressed worship service when they hear a, a, the word of God preached and this glorious God celebrated in the context of that kind of a worship service, lives start getting transformed. 
Yeah. And, and then the third element would be our life group ministry, but it's a very specific approach to a life group. And that is, um, we've designed a one sheet, we call it our Bible study sheet, but it just, every one of our life groups, uh, has heard the message this last weekend, but now we're going to talk together in this community experience, what it means to live this out. Because again, that's what we're trying to do, get people to obey everything that the Bible teaches. How are we going to do that in the context of community? And so they, in that Bible study sheet, they, they um, summarize the text as they understand it. They put in a little box what it teaches them about God, what it teaches about people, what are some implications for life, and what are they going to pick out of that list and say, this is, this is one way I'm going to respond to this teaching this week in my life. And then the final box is, how did it go last week when you sought to live out whatever it is you said you were going to live out? So we're talking about integrating the word, working it into our lives. That, to me, is the kind of disciple-making Jesus was talking about. And so in those life groups, they're talking about the word that they've all heard proclaimed together. There's an emphasis on obeying those one another's, uh, one another commands in Scripture that really can't be obeyed that much, you know, in a big group. So we break it down in a life group. At Celebration Community Church, if someone gets stuck in that process, we have a kind of an off-ramp for them with Steve Smith's uh, uh, book, The Key to Deep Change, which focuses on people's unfinished business. And based on the conviction that just below the surface of people's lives, there are issues that still need to be processed and worked. And we need Jesus not only to forgive us, which we do and which he does in the gospel, but we also need Jesus to heal us. Mm -hmm. And so people who get stuck and have issues with following Jesus, we have a, a place to, for them to go. And even the Bible studies then we carry out are all intended and, and the leaders are given instructions to make sure not settle for just more Bible study knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge, but to push it through to focus on integration and application. You just clarified and, and also created more questions for me because I was convicted. One of my uh, shticks, if you will, when I talk to church churches is, you know, we don't need more information. We need transformation. Yes. And, and I agree with that, but I actually prayed that prayer. I, I was asked to pray at my church this Sunday. And I said that because it's just something God is, as you, we open your word, we don't need more information. We need transformation. Yes. But it, I kind of got stuck on it a little bit because yes, that, I believe that wholeheartedly. And you just affirmed it in what you just mm -hmm. said, but we are also biblically illiterate. But I think we're biblically illiterate in transformational issues. And so in other, in other words, you know, we can articulate uh, Noah and Abraham and Moses and Daniel, and we can articulate these stories, but so what? You know, how, how is it affecting the way that I'm behaving at work or the way I'm behaving in my home? And how is it making me more like Jesus? That's what so many of our Bible studies, our small groups are, 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 are missing, I think. And so it's, it, 
We want information. Information is good. Truth is always good, and Scripture is truth, uh, but it needs to do something. It, 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 it's the so what, now what kind of thing. And, and so I think that you've really uh, shared that so well. How do you measure with your small group leaders, your life group leaders? Um, because I think at the end of the day, you know, you talk about if someone's feeling stuck, we've got a, a, a place for them to sort of deal with those things. How does one know they're stuck? Is the small group leader helping them with that? Um, are they self-recognizing that? Are you sharing it so much that people know that they can go to this? I, I hope I'm asking a question in there that makes sense. Yeah, well, it's all of the above. Uh, and because we're trying to get a handle on someone's, as we called it, love relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that is not easily quantifiable. But... Mm -hmm. And there are always surprises, right? I mean, yeah. we, we think here, we thought these people had a wonderful marriage. All of a sudden we find out it's over and they've moved into their, on their separate ways. And sometimes that happens with Christ followers as well. So there's no way to guarantee externally how to quantify it in a way that uh, isn't going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be foolproof. But on the other hand, when you are hanging out, you know, for us, the best uh, way to measure it would be in a life group people who get close enough to you over time. So you have to meet with the same people over an extended period of time, and they hear you talking about your faith and applying the word to your life, and, and they, they see the authenticity or the non-authenticity about your struggle in doing that. How reliant are you on the work of the Holy Spirit? I mean, so the, the measurement has to be highly relational, we would say. And it's not checking the boxes. To say, oh, they had their lesson done. Oh, they prayed properly. Oops, they did, you know, they did this, this. They shared the gospel once this week. It, it, you know, that can all be a put on. And, and we know that from the Pharisees' uh, negative example. So we just have to be, as the body of Christ and being these body parts, connected enough to the body to be able to uh, have some assessment about whether this arm or this finger or this toe or joint is working properly. Yeah. And, and when it's not, then you have to be close enough to the people and willing to perhaps even risk the relationship by speaking the truth in love and asking the hard questions. Yeah. And that's in, in, our, in our situation, 90% of the time, that's going to happen in the life group. That's why we're big on the life groups. Because if, if you're not in the life group, chances are you're not vitally connected to the body of Christ. You're not obeying what is it, 70 plus commands, the one another commands, you're not even obeying them. So right. you're falling short of discipleship based on Christ's standard. Hmm, that's good. Hey, I love always sharing success stories, hearing success stories. You know, one of the things that I think motivates us to sort of keep pressing on in whatever area is hearing how God has been moving. Uh, can you share a story with me of how, you know, your focus, your church's focus on, on this discipleship pathway model, which you've just been so clear about through this whole podcast, uh, a story of how that's helped transform uh, someone's life in your church? There are multiple examples, and, and many of them have a, a similar thread running through them. But just to answer your question, to make it personal, and uh, let me just speak of one woman in particular, who uh, I got to know as an adult. She had come to Christ, or she had professed Christ at a young age, grew up going to church, married a good man, moved here to celebration, started worshiping with us, 
and um, had a, a sh somewhat startling response in our worship services. She started crying, and she didn't even know why. And that started to become a regular thing. We would worship, and she would find herself so deeply moved. And uh, and then it kind of all came together for her one day. We uh, we were out with uh, we were kind of double dating with her. But we were on a, my wife and I went with her and her husband out. And she said to me, "I have to tell you, Pastor Greg, I, I always thought I was a Christian until I came here." And um, that was pretty moving to hear that profession wow. alone. But after that, her husband ended up facing this long, drawn-out battle with cancer. But what I have to say is that after the experience of uh, coming to know Christ in a deep way, as, I, as we've been seeking to describe, the Christ that she knew was up to the whole ordeal of even facing death with a kind of hope. And it freed her up. I mean, as we walked through that experience together, there were all kinds of tears and, um, you know, brokenness. Mm -hmm. But uh, this was, there was a maturing experience or relationship with Christ that stood up even in the face of death. And uh, in the end, like you said, this is a long time process. This isn't, we're not checking a box and saying, oh, we made 10 disciples last week. We're talking about people who really do grow up into Christ. Yeah. And one of the real tests of that will be whether or not their understanding of the gospel and their relationship to Christ stands up in the face of something like that. So that, that'd be just one example, but I, yeah. there are multiple examples of that type. That's good. And, and, and I think it's really critical when we're teaching people about what it means to, to love and follow Christ, you are, you, you are really preparing people <laughs> Yes. Uh, not not just to follow him when everything is great, fine and dandy, but you're really preparing them for that ultimate struggle, that ultimate suffering. I'm, I'm doing a deep dive right now in Hebrews, and the whole message of Hebrews is this was a group of Christians who were tired of the struggle. And his discipleship process with him is don't give up. Keep moving forward. Keep your eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of your faith. Yes. And, and so it's that preparation you do in the, in the good times. Uh, and so reminding your people of that over and over is so important. I think that's great. Mm. Hey, if there's one thing you could tell a pastor listening today, um, you know, man, I, it, it's just an overwhelming deal and, and uh, to even think through this discipleship pathway thing and how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, is, is there one way that you could say to a pastor, hey, here's how to move the ball forward in regards to discipleship pathway? What, what's one thing you would say to a pastor? I would say that the, um, the assessment process that you should do in looking at your church as it is right now, not necessarily how you want it to be, but assessing where it is right now, there would be uh, two key questions to ask, in all honesty. And, and one would be, um, how are our people getting exposed to the scriptures? So, I mean, what are all the inputs of the word into their lives? And if it's only the, um, just a sermon and, and they're, they're spectators of a sermon once a week, that's probably not enough. But then the second question would just be, to pick out real life individuals 
in the time that you've known them, can you say that, that since they've been involved in our church, they have grown to become more like Jesus? And that's a terribly, a deeply convicting. That that question convicts me all the time yeah, in life. That's right. So I don't have all the answers, but I know that that is what we're aiming at, and that is the mandate from Christ Himself. And He's all, you know, Jesus just has a way of doing this, doesn't He? Uh, calling us to things that we can't produce in ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we are dependent on Him. We're going to have to pray. We're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word to transform individuals. But We've got to be rigorous in looking at actual people and saying, do we have examples here uh, of people who, who look more like Jesus? Hmm. Because, as John said in his first letter, if those who say, I know him, but don't look more like Jesus are lying and the yeah. truth is not in them. So yeah. those are the kind of passages as a pastor I get most convicted by. And I would urge pa pastors to, to ask them with regard to their church, and then just go to God with them, right? Just crying out, Lord, and, and with your leaders, you're on your knees and you're asking, how do we get there? How, how can we see our people become more like Jesus? And I think it will change the way you preach. So not necessarily the texts, but the way you deliver them, just as you described, the examples you give in your preaching will be much more woven into life rather than just parsing words and impressing yeah. people with your knowledge. Yeah. That's so good. You know, I, I, I realized one thing we haven't talked about at all uh, in this, and we're not gonna, I, I think it's good okay. that we're not, and, and that is curriculum. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times we, we look to curriculum. Man, if we could just find the right curriculum, that will help our discipleship pathway. Yeah. You know, we haven't talked at all about curriculum. <laughs> it's 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 about the principles that you've been sharing. And and pastor, it's 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 you, your staff, your leaders, um, and 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 your Christ followers who are in charge of mm -hmm. encouraging one another. And all the more that we see the day approaching, right? Is yeah. it's it's gathering intentionally, having hard conversations, encouraging conversations. Yes, there's curriculum out there that you can use, yeah. and there's good curriculum out there. But yeah. ultimately, it's you as pastor figuring out what's going to help your people look more and act more <laughs> like uh, Jesus. If someone wanted to pick your brain some more about any of this, which there very well could be, um, and even to even talk about, hey, uh, help me to sort of structure this a little bit better. If they wanted to contact you, how could they do that? Well, they could write to me, uh, Greg, at G-R-E-G-G, -G, at 44life.com. That's a, the number 44life.com. Before we close, uh, we always ask uh, our guest if uh, they could pray a prayer blessing on our pastors and leaders. Would you be willing to do that as we close? I'd be happy to do that, Brian. Let's pray. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, how amazed we are at your greatness and your glory and the fact that you would choose not only to save us, but mm. then to call us into your service and give us the privilege of spending our lives in a way that will be uh, influence eternity. Thank you for this unspeakable privilege. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are serving you yes. within their churches, that you would stir within them an ever-deepening passion to make disciples who grow in their obedience of faith and their love relationship with you. 
We know you desire that, Father, and you sent your Son to help make it possible for us. So take these things that we, like the gospel and the word of God and the privilege of prayer and make them fresh and new in our hearts. Bless the brothers and sisters who are listening to this as they seek to be faithful to you above all else. And I thank you that you will show up as we ask for the wisdom we need and the power that you've made available through your spirit. As we ask for them, you will give them to us. And I ask that that would be their experience in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks again, Greg. And thanks to all of you who are listening. We are so grateful that you do that. And uh, we've been saying uh, all season here that we want to hear from you. Uh, specifically, we want to hear your stories of increased gospel health in your church. Maybe you have stories like uh, Greg has shared today about how uh, that your focus on discipleship has made a real difference in the life of your church. So we'd love it if you'd share those stories with us at, at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at convergementamerica.org, or you can uh, share on our Facebook page at the Advanced Podcast. Uh, lastly, make sure you share this podcast with your friends, and don't forget to check out our website at advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement in America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement in America, visit our website, convergementamerica.org.